Hi everyone, welcome back to episode 3, season 5 of the podcast. We are talking about sex this season and today we're going to be talking about what we wish we learned in school when it comes to sex and all things around it. And we have a few questions, we're going to be hopping from one to the other if any of them spark interest or you feel like it could be a great topic for a next episode then please do email us or just pop a comment on the instagram page um yeah let's get straight into it yeah so the first one i've just got a few in front of me is that sex is not just penetration and i'm like over the moon that people are realizing this um i think in the first episode we spoke about um or maybe even in the second how what misconceptions are around sex and that sex is um not just it's valid when there is no penetration. And I mean, how is that even inclusive when we have people having sex with each other and no one has a penis in this encounter? So that description where people say that sex is, you know, penis penetration, in vagina, yeah, is, is not inclusive. So we're moving away from that. Sex is what gives you pleasure. And um, that's kind of what my definition is of it at the moment. Um, getting giving consent to receive pleasure from someone else, from other people, or from yourself, and um, that's sex to me. And there's sex, sex is going to have a different definition to all of us. Just make sure that yours is inclusive, that yours is open ended, and that yours also allows you to be the the best sexual being you can be. Don't limit yourself in your own sexual definition. Love that. The cat next door loved that too. Yes. He was like, go queen. Yes. Okay, <laughs> moving on. Let's talk about basic consent and how the female genitalia works. Okay, cool. So that's, that's two things. And let's um, talk about the female genitalia first. And I'll just quickly go through the three holes. Mm-hmm. Urethra, vaginal canal, and anus. Above the urethra is the clitoris, which is actually like a wishbone shape, if we haven't already known that. Um, Again, nothing is obvious. We weren't given this education at school. The clitoris at school was kind of just a little dot in a diagram, and we never really learned the the wishbone. So the clitoris actually extends. It has two legs that extend around the vaginal canal. So when you get erect as a female or someone who has a vulva, it means that the sponge around the vaginal canal fills up with blood, which means engorged, same as a penis, being becoming erect. And that only happens within, like, on majority, 20 minutes of foreplay or touching and feeling and kissing and getting into the mood. That's normally only 20 minutes in. So if you guys go full-on penetration within, like, two minutes, it's not, it possibly is not going to be enjoyable if you are part of the majority. It's because the nerves in there haven't been turned on there's no blood in the vaginal canal, all of, you know, in the sponge around it. You're not hard, you're not erect, so you're not going to feel pleasure there. So that's what the clitoris does. The clitoris is also an amazing, amazing organ because it's the only part of the body, in the female body, that's only, only job is pleasure. It has no other... What a vibe. No other... <laughs> what, a, what a CV, you know? Um, <laughs> there's literally nothing else that the clitoris has to do besides give you pleasure. But so many of us don't know where our clitoris is. Our partners don't know where our clitoris is. So um, we're missing out. And also, if you haven't listened to the past ones, if you have a uh, female genitalia, you're most likely, in the majority, going to only orgasm or come from clitoral stimulation, external stimulation. Why? Because it's the anatomical twin of the penis. 
which yeah. means when we were like developing that the it's got the same job as the penis in terms of like the same nerve endings are there we actually have way more nerve endings in the clitoris itself so i mean it's way more intense but that's what it's supposed to do that's what it's there for and um, we don't get to explore it because as females often there's so much shame around masturbation which is lots of the questions in the question box here came around saying that masturbation is normal and I'm so like I'm ecstatic for the people who got to say that in the question box because I know for so many women that's not that's not their reality that masturbation is normal no one talks about it they were never told about it in school they were never told how to do it they don't even have friends to talk about it with. Yeah. Even like their partners. And they I'm from. sure there's a bit of shame that sometimes follows, which prevents people from talking about it, even to their friends. Yeah. Even if it's not meant as shame, they could be like, oh, you gross, lol. Yeah. And then you're like, oh gosh, it's like gross. I don't know. Yeah. Or like um, you, you say it and then everyone's like, yeah, that's cool. But like, I haven't done it. And then she's like, oh, okay. Well, that's just well, me then. Um, even though some people have done it. And if you don't have a friend like that, I highly suggest getting a mate that you can open up to, that you can have a safe space with. And when I said this in the Sex Supper Club, someone was like, but even women turn on each other. And I was like, I know, and it's shitty. But that's like how deeply ingrained patriarchy is in us. That even even feminists still kind of want to please the man. They want to be pure or they still attach the same shame against um female pleasure as what male you know men would yeah. do back in the day so to an extent i get it like i get it that they aren't and that sucks and i that's not my reality i do have people that i talk to about masturbating and they'll talk back to me and we have a great time giving each other tips you know and that's not that's not common in female friendship groups unfortunately i can't say that i even have a person that i i I mean, I, I could definitely speak about it, but it wouldn't be to the point where tips were given or um, enjoyment around the conversation. It might just yeah. be like, I would have to almost over-inform why I'm talking about this. Yeah. Please be careful with my emotions yes. when you respond and then get somewhat of a response. Yeah. Like, no, the conversation wouldn't even be enjoyable. It's so sad that we, we don't have these friendships, but also in the same, it's not obvious, like, Exactly. If you yeah. do have that friend, um, really hold on to them and make sure that they know that they are so appreciated yeah. because I make sure my girlfriends know how much I appreciate them opening up to me and also creating a safe space for me to be like, yeah, I really had a fun time doing this mm. by myself last night. Um, or sharing like sex toys, uh, not sharing them, don't do that. Sharing sex toy. <laughs> I feel like I need to ask why now. <laughs> not that I... Yes. Sure. For someone who might <laughs> want to ask, why, Kirsty? Why, why can't I share my sex we toys? We can't share sex toys because, I mean, no. Maybe if they're completely clean, but still no. That's just um, not the safest option route to go down. Um, we do clean sex toys properly and thoroughly with water and soap and all the things necessary and um, required for that specific sex toy. But please do not be sharing sex toys. With your partner only, make sure the sexual fluids stay within the group of sexual encounters that you're having. Um, and always wash your sex toys. So we were talking about masturbation, why it's normal. It is normal. It is recommended. It is beneficial. Why is it beneficial to women? It's because you get to know yourself. Yeah. 
Firstly, if you don't even, like, and I know that by now some people have been, like, they've either put the volume down, they've put their earphones in, or they've paused it to, like, go listen to this later, because maybe their mom's around, or, like, you know? Again, that's not, you're not letting other people view you as a sexual being, you're not allowing yourself to be viewed as a sexual being, which is scary, I get it. Like, Mm. people are going to put bias towards you, people are going to stereotype you when you say that you're open about talking about sex. As soon as I say that, all of my dad's mates think I'm, like, you know, sex wild. And I mean, like, I really enjoy sex. I really do. But it doesn't mean I'm, like, a sex psycho in the same... It's just because... Why? Because I'm 21 and I'm sexually active and I enjoy talking about sex. Yeah. That now I am, like, overly sexual and being overly sexualized by these men. Anyway. <laughs> You're on. like, that's another topic. That's <laughs> another topic for another day. Um, they are all supportive, though. But in the same sense, like, you can just see how people view you and energetically you can feel it yeah no i was reading a sex book on the plane yesterday and i i still will slightly close the book when there's a huge penis on the page just Mm. because i know like i don't i don't want to subject myself to people thinking i am whatever they think i am um but i still allow myself to be a, a sexual being throughout my my day um i can just because it's mine i get to choose who sees it and who doesn't yeah um but so if you have put your earphones in and you are listening to this with like you like feeling like you shouldn't be listening to this because i'm telling you to touch yourself mm. which is like <gasps> deep breaths you know it's okay you've to got touch this yourself. Babe. and if mm. you're not ready to touch yourself at least look at yourself yeah and it's crazy to think and i think when i say this some people it's like light bulb goes on but like for women especially we're more comfortable with our partners seeing ourselves than us looking at us our own genitalia which is wild yeah I feel like it's important to have a look, see what's going on down there. I remember seeing a Netflix series, actually. It was one of the group ones. Oh, yeah, yeah. And the lady basically <laughs> like gave all the women a mirror and was like, have yeah. a look, see yeah, what's going on there. No. She's a vibe. She's, she's passed away now. Oh, no. Yeah. She was amazing, Betty. Anyway, yeah, that group thing, um, the group episode, even though I don't highly recommend Gwyneth Paltrow. But group, there was a series, The Group Lab, and in one of the that Candace is talking about is Betty Betty Rogers, I think, and um, gets everyone to sit in a circle with a hand mirror and they all look at each other's vulvas and they all look at their own vulvas and this might be like so out there for so many people and I understand why. I mean, like even me, I'd probably like have a mental breakdown before taking all my clothes off and sitting in a female group and looking at everyone else's vulva, but I'd be down. I would be down. <laughs> Because how else are we going to know that there's so many different types of vulvas out there? Which came up in the Come As You Are book. The one woman who was doing research for diagrams and explaining of this exact topic. When you Google female vulva, you get a white, clean, in inverted commas, shaven, groomed, whatever, vulva. You don't get... The reality of every other woman, yeah, and what her vulva or exactly. who identifies as woman, what it looks like, yeah, like at all. So you think that you are, and also in these question boxes, so many of these, there was probably about five people who said that labia, and specifically said this that one breaks labia, my heart. Yeah, labia are normal, like they all look normal, and if you, I think porn now, especially with ethical porn, which if you don't know, if you're not paying for porn, it's probably not ethical. So there are there is ethical porn sites out there. You're just gonna have to pay for it. But that means people are getting paid, which is what we are, you know, what we are supporting here. 
Also, sidetrack, you can't be sex positive if you're not supporting sex work. If you are not um, allowing women to do what they want with their bodies. If yeah. You, are, you can't say you're part of a sex positive world if you are voting no against abortion. If you are not allowing people to cross dress. If you are not allowing people to partake in BDSM. If you think that polygamy is wrong, then you are not in a sex positive world yet. Because... Your way of having sex in your spectrum of your own sexual understanding is not the only one that exists. It is not superior. It is not right in any... There's no right or wrong. And I think that's what we also need to move away from is saying that, yeah, um, I'm sex positive, cool. But if you want to be, be in a like, couple and have an extra person come in every now and then, that's not cool. When you're not part of a sex positive community Because that's yet. that person's choice. Yeah. And that's also a very valid way of... Having a sexual experience. Yeah. It makes sense. Like monogamy. Yes. That's based off religion. And if someone's not religious, why must they adhere to your religious views and the way that you look at the world? Like your worldview is not the only right. And I get that's a huge thing. And that's the thing on itself. People need to unlearn that there are other ways to live life. And if you haven't traveled and you've been in your own city the whole of your life, that's probably what you believe that you think your way your God is the only way type of thing. Um, but that's not what it's like in the sexual world. And that's not fair to say either. So if we're looking at porn now, porn is evolving and we are getting different types of porn where people can literally look up to the T what they want. If they want a hairy vulva, if they want someone with small boobs, all of these things, we are progressing and we are getting there. But <laughs> that's only now. And before that, in our diagrams in bio, and if you didn't do bio, you never saw it, but it was a black and white, not even not even image, it's a diagram. Yeah. Why can't we look at an image? Like, besides the point, that's because we've added all of these sexual things onto it, when actually it's just a body part, it's just anatomy. All of that shame and sexual sexualizing is what other people do. It's yeah. just a body part. So when you cringe at thinking of looking at your own body part, Whose beliefs are those? Those aren't yours. How can you unlearn that? So if you've been watching porn or if you've been watching movies and there's only one type of labia, one type of vulva, one type of penis looking a certain way and looking like the right way, everyone's going to look down and see this for the first time and be like, fuck, this is wrong. There's something wrong, wrong with, with me. me yeah. Which is incorrect, but is the way we view everything because it's not accessible to us. If you want to look at some place, it's Vulva Gallery. Um, I think it's vulvagallery.com where this person, this woman, took photos of, I think, 500 vulvas. People sat with their legs open and a variety of other shots. And she made a, a gallery for people to take their young girls to, to. So everyone could look and see the vast majority and see that one is no better but completely different to the other. Exactly. There are more desired desired ways, but that's just because of how media has decided what is desirable and what is undesirable. And that's why I think it's a labia, I want to say labia something, a medical plastic surgery that's probably one of the highest and most common in the world right now. For for like girls as young as 14 wanting to get their labia shortened, made asymmetrical, change of colour, change of size, like all of these pathetic things just because we're not being shown, not being shown. Yeah. That's so sad. This is the big deal in sex education. Why we need to be 
be seeing these things because otherwise later in life we think we're completely broken and at the same time sure people will say but if you educate children on sex they're going to have sex earlier and there's literally no research that shows by and at some point you're going to have sex yes so might as well be educated but it actually there's actually research that shows when we educate children at a younger age about sex and consent and sexual acts and and anatomy and all of these things they actually wait to have sex they actually have a better view of their body do you think it's just because the curiosity has kind of been taken out the like not curiosity but like yeah i guess or do you think it's just the information that they're just choosing what's best for them you've got all the information in your hands you don't feel as powerless and you can also Mm. make the decision to be like even at 13, you can be like, oh, this view is actually not mine. And the research here says that I'm actually normal, which means lots of guys are going to want to have sex with me, even though my labia look like this, which means I'm actually not going to have sex with the first guy that offers me sex, which I mean is such a cliche thing that people say or that happens to high school students. But that is a huge insecurity that some women think they go through school, they look at themselves and they're like, oh my God, it's so wrong down there. One guy says, no, it's not, but I want to have sex with you. And then you think, like, that's the only option of sex you're going to have. Or we're not even being taught consent properly. Consent in my school, what I was taught, and I I can't even say my school was super progressive. No, it wasn't. Because in LO, the consent that we got taught was a video, a one, like a 10-minute video on someone asking the other person if they wanted tea. And tea was the concept of consent. And the person would say, no, no, I don't want any more tea, but they keep pouring tea. And I was like, why are we not saying consent? And why aren't we saying the words rape? And why aren't we saying the words coerced? And why aren't we saying these words uninformed and pressured? Like, those are the words we need to know. Not Not like, no, thank you, no more tea. And I'm telling you, a lot of people had those, watched those videos and weren't getting the proper language around us. So yeah, I think when we fully let people know what the experience of sex is like, what it completely entails without sexualizing it, without adding shame to it, then they're like, okay, cool. It's just another thing that I'm now fully aware of. Yeah. I can decide what I want to do with it. It's like playing hockey or playing water polo. When you know what the whole thing entails before you do it, then you're like, nah, that's not for me. Versus like you hop in because everyone else is playing water polo in that school Everyone else is pressurized to play water polo in that school. You also want to prove yourself because if you don't play water polo, who are you in that school? Yeah. So, yeah, that's why I get, I do understand people's concerns around me going to grade sevens and saying, this is what a penis is. But by grade seven, females have breasts. People are starting their period. And in all girls' schools, we're hiding tampons. And we're talking about... I read something um, that said there are over like 200 nicknames for a period or more than 200. I think That's a lot. Like all of these weird, wild, like wild terms like Crimson Tide and Time of the Month and monthly subscription. All of these things, again. Just I mean, it's creative. It is creative, <laughs> but it's stemmed, stemmed from shame and not being able to say period out loud. Yeah. Menstruation out loud. Even in an all girls school, who are you not trying to be shamed by? There's no men there. But still, in all girls school, we're doing that. But we think now we can't be taught sex by grade seven when it's 
those processes started a long time ago. They've noticed they had a vulva a long time ago. They noticed that men, penis owners, had penises a long time ago, that they started sprouting boobs a long time ago. Yeah. And they still don't know what the fuck it's for. I mean... I mean, I'm flabbergasted. But here we are. I'm trying to change that. <laughs> here we are. That is the main thing. We are here now. Oh, yeah. Just let me go off on a whole rampage. because I will, I will go on for so long. Um, <laughs> do you want to add another one? Yeah. Okay. Another thing that people wish they were, they were told in school was vaginismus. And I guess with... um. Vaginismus, I'm going to add a whole, I'm going to add STDs to that. I'm going to add syndromes to that. I'm going to add um, diseases or other syndromes. Everything, like all of the medical stuff. Well, I'm curious because I don't know where you're going with this. Yes. So <laughs> vaginismus is... It sounds, it sounds like a, a festival. I know. It's quite intense, hey? Actually, <laughs> in sex education, is it Lily? Lily? The one who's like super wacky and like loves aliens and stuff. Oh like that. yes. She is vaginismus and she gets a, a dilator. So um I think she tries to have sex with Otis or someone first and nothing goes in. It's like hitting a wall. Oh my gosh. Like the penis. I feel like I actually out. want to rewatch this. You need to. Everyone please fucking watch sex education. It's my I, favorite thing in the whole world. I watched it but like I don't know why. Yeah, start from finish, season one and two. Yeah. And watch just... again. Vaginismus, I mean, there's that show does so much good, and there's also a lot of like, there's a lot of places they could have said that out loud that it's vaginismus. I think she does go to um, the sex therapist and she says it's vaginismus, but anyway, definitely a lot of people are living with vaginismus and don't know what it is, and then when they do find out, no one's saying that it is super common, so they feel really alienated and that it's like something really is wrong with them. When it's not, it is quite common. So vaginismus is chronic tension in the pelvis. It can be, I think it's, um, it can be anxiety driven about performance anxiety where you like actually tense up because um, you don't want, your body doesn't want it and things like that. There's a ton of different reasons as to why your vagina is squeezing and being tense and stuff like that and it's not um, enjoyable maybe it's because your body doesn't want to do it and you really want to do it or maybe yeah. you really want to do it and um, it's painful or you had um, from previous years or previous encounter it wasn't it wasn't enjoyable so it's it like was traumatic super, almost yeah, to the... so and it's onset now you you know your vagina thinks oh there's a penis or sex toy or something coming and it's like tenses up and nothing goes through and there are ways to work around that um, I'm not going to give like a full on Thing about vaginismus there are actual experts in it there are doctors pelvic floor physios that talk about vaginismus all the time um and i will leave some people's names underneath here cool to... you can just send them to me yes so i will do that so vaginismus if you do feel like when a penis or your fingers or a sex toy goes in it, it stops it's uncomfortable it feels like it's hitting a wall your partner might say um, and it feels really really painful to you Please go get it checked out. There's no, there's no reason for having pain during sex. Like, I know a lot of people, for women, we just think that sex for the first time, pain just comes with it. Like, there's a certain degree degree of pain that we just need to handle. That's what sex comes with, and that's so untrue. It's now we are getting doctors who specialize in this. We have pelvic floor physios who specialize in this. 
So we can actually go get help from people. So if you do feel like any of that is happening, go to your gynae, go to your GP, go to your pelvic floor physio, and they'll probably give you a dilator or ask you to use lube or ask you to completely calm down and like release any tension from your body beforehand. Make sure you've got a grip on your mind and mm. what's going on inside your head. And if your body doesn't want to do it, spend another hour calming yourself down, loosening things up, letting your body completely relax. Whether that takes an hour, 40 minutes, two hours, if you, if sex is important to you and your partner, it's something you have to do. And then as well as getting dilators, which is different sizes that you can see how comfortable you are with. And you start with the smallest and then you slowly get bigger and bigger and bigger so you get comfortable with getting to a size and for some women this is even getting it sticking a tampon in which is just too painful doesn't work because your body just completely tenses up so that's another thing as long as as well as with like a ton of like endometriosis pcos a ton of things that are now coming up but have been happening for so long so even if you're like 40 and you feel like one of these things is affecting you like you there are now people that can help you yeah and there are resources to read doctors to see and stuff like that and there's no shame in any of it there's no shame in stds which is a huge thing like everyone's probably going to get std at some point in their life because sometimes it's just it's it's just unlucky i was supposed to say it's just the luck of the draw it's just happens like someone's more susceptible to the virus and there you go there yeah and the only way you can prevent sexually transmitted diseases is a condom there's no other form of contraception that is going to help you with that wear the condom Add some more lube and then just make sure that your sexual fluids don't mix. We should also, and this is a very new concept, but just I know that I should be saying it as someone Mm -hmm. promoting sex, but dental dams, which means even when someone's going down in you to be using a form of, so liquids don't mix. So that's like, what you can do is you cut a condom upwards and then across and then you make like a little square. That's what you should be doing. Oh, if you, yeah. uh, oh wow. Okay. Yeah, which is something I know it seems like a lot of like uh, a lot of effort to do. And not Would you effort. prep it before? Yeah. Prep it before, cut a condom up, or you can buy, I don't really know where dental dams are in South Africa. I haven't seen one yet. But I yeah. know that progressively we're learning that, you know, there are bacteria in sexual fluids, in vaginal fluids, in everything. So it's it's so much better to just protect yourself against that. Um, maybe if you've been with the partner one-on-one for a really long time and you know there's been no problems then maybe sure but I'm not telling you what to what not to do what just what you should be doing is if someone's going down on you um, your vagina your anus there should be a dental dam to like a protective layer just a little bit of plastic I've learned now there we go (laughs) it's yeah so that's another thing to do and then again no shame in any of the syndromes that we're learning about Mm -hmm. now there's so much resources out there. So many people have it. Just know that as soon as you start talking about it, or you hear someone else talking about it, everyone just floods in. And they're like, oh my word, me too, me too, me too, me too, me too. It's just, we've all been silenced for so long. Or we just didn't even know that there was something fucking wrong because we didn't tell our friend our sexual experience. Yeah. You didn't have to, you didn't say to your mate, oh yeah, I did cowgirl, but it was really sore. Okay, I have to be honest, I don't know what cowgirl is. What is that? Cowgirl. So cowgirl is normally in heterosexual, um, heteronormative couples where we have a penis owner and a vulva owner. Mm-hmm. And it's the vulva owner sitting on top of the penis owner. Okay. So it's like missionary. The other way flipped. around. And then we have reverse cowgirl where the vulva owner faces the feet. Oh yeah, yeah, which yeah. Which is a bit tricky because the 
angle of the vaginal canal, but people get it right, and when it's right, it's enjoyable. Other than we have doggy style, like dogs do. Yeah. Very enjoyable. Also, option when doing doggy style to add clitoral stimulation because the clitoris is freed up, whereas in cowgirl and... You are quite close. Yes. In reverse cowgirl as well, you are like, your skin is on skin. Your clitoris is probably like a little bit tucked under, depending on where your clitoris is placed. But um, even just like rubbing or, is it grinding? Grinding against your yeah. pubic bone, against your partner's pubic bone can add clitoral stimulation or using your own hand or using a sex toy. Um, but then obviously in doggy style, like I said, it's an option to have penetration and then also his hand, your hand, their hand if you're using a strap-on um, to add clitoral stimulation as well. And if you don't know what a strap-on is, that's what we use. It's like a... It's like a sex toy. It is a sex toy, and it's a penis strapped on. So yeah. if you don't have a penis but you wish to penetrate someone, um, and there's also a whole lot of debunking needed around that because you can just go watch the bold type. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I won't go into strap ons, but um, but that's what happens, and there's those all the sex positions, which also no shame in enjoying yeah. one over the other, and um. I think I'm gonna leave it there otherwise I'm gonna keep going okay that's fine that's perfect all right we will see you next week for episode four if you have any questions you can either dm us on the podcast um, page or you can dm Kirsty and I will leave all of her information below have a wonderful week guys bye